to songs. But I don't know why there was a blue square on that one. We'll blame the kids on Wednesday night. Running around in here, who knows what they're doing, hacking into our computer and whatnot. Uh, so I have a uh, New Year's resolution. I'm excited about the new year, 2020. Um, there's a thousand churches around the world right now starting off their 2020 vision campaign. Um, they they want to have 2020 vision this year. And thank God your church isn't that hokey. Um, no, no, that's fine. I, but I do have a re- resolution I want to share with you. Um, I'm excited about the new year. This, uh, today means there's only 63 more days until daylight savings time begins. Thank God. And so we're almost there, guys. Keep up the good work. But my New Year's resolution is, um, well, let me, I got to give some backstory. Okay, so, so People Magazine, every, at the beginning of every year, um, comes out with this issue in which they announce, I'm not sure what it's called, it's like the hunkiest man alive. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Chandra, the point was to not say it in church. Goodness. I know what I'm doing up here. You be quiet. <laughs> but, okay. So, hunkiest man alive. Um, and I never thought I had a shot. Until, well, let me, so, usually it's like, uh, like, last year it was John Legend, and before that it was Idris Elba, and, like, it's always been, like, Matt Damon, and uh, Chris Hemsworth. Um, I thought about putting those pictures up on the board, but I didn't want to lose half of you. Um, but then in 2017, they nominated Blake Shelton, and I thought, everybody has a shot now. Because that's absurd. Because if, if the answer isn't Will Smith every year, I'm out. Sorry, I feel passionately about it. <laughs> I made some of you men really uncomfortable just then. You're like, All right, can we have opinions? Will Smith is a beautiful man. If you don't understand that, leaf. Now, there is... So, there are... Um, but but I, what, I, what I don't get, because I've written them and sent them, you know, several pictures... Uh, and they haven't responded. They haven't responded to my letters. Um, my, I, I guess I should probably, I just write people and just throw it into the mailbox. Um, but they haven't responded, and I don't think they're going to. And also, one of my main problems is I'm not sure the criteria. Um, because last year... It was John Legend, and the year before that, it was Idris Elba. But Idris Elba's still alive. How did it just change to John? Like, I think you should have to keep the, you get to keep the title till someone kills you. Like, it should be like a, a, a king of the mountain kind of thing. It's just all subjective, though, is what it is. That's why the Olympics are this year. That's exciting. Someone's going to do a flip, and then someone's going to go eight. Like, and uh, someone else is going to say eight, four. You know, and then it's just, they're going to just judge it. 
and it's going to be judged based on a little bit of a criteria, but the judgment isn't, isn't objective. It's, it's subjective. You just, you're, you're looking at, well, that was, and what's crazy, though, what's going to happen, and y'all are all going to be guilty of this, in August, you're going to watch, a lot of you right now know nothing about gymnastics, but in August, you're going to be like, well, I thought it was a nine. You know, you're, you're going to have an opinion about gymnastics. Um, so you're going, but it's all, it's all a subjective judgment. And one of the things that, that we do in the new year is we, act, we talk about wanting to be better, better human beings. We make resolutions. Mine actually isn't to be the hunkiest man in the world. I nailed that in 2019. Thank you, and I'm moving on. But according to Rachel's subjective judgment, she's not here to nod yes or no and don't ask her. But the... Uh, the, like, the idea of becoming better, the idea of being better this year than I was last year, of, of somehow achieving the, the best I've ever been. And whatever, whatever field it is, the healthiest, the most uh, responsible, the best Christian. This year, I wanted to be the best Christian I've ever been. What does that look like? How do you measure that? And one of the things we do is we get, we get into those measurements, and those measurements are just subjective compared to the people around us. Have you ever been going 80 on the interstate and everyone else is going 70? You feel like you're winning. Have you ever been going 80 and everyone feels like everyone else is going 90? You are going the same speed in both scenarios. But one feels like you're crawling and the other one feels like you're racing. It has nothing to do with what you're accomplishing and what you have changed. It has everything to do with the world around you. That's why we talk about, oh, the world around us is, what is awful. Yeah, it's always been that way. You shouldn't get to feel better because it is. You shouldn't get to feel more ethical because it is. Because it's, it's just a standard, and it's a standard that doesn't like, give you any insight into whether you're actually following Jesus or not. It's comparative. I don't do this, therefore I'm better than them. I do these things, therefore I'm better than them. Those people do things I don't do, and they, they just try too hard. And when we, when we create it, a ladder like that, where I'm somewhere in this place, and there are people who are less than me, and people who are better than me, and that ladder, no matter how high I climb, and I get better and better and better, and make my way up, there's always judgment, ju we always end up judging the people below us, and envying the people above us. The hierarchy, or the ladder, or the pyramid, is full of judgment and envy. No matter where you get. And so you may feel like you've improved. Compared to what? What is the measure you're using? To talk about your own Christianity. 
about your own following of Jesus? What is it? Now, there's a verse in Ephesians 5 that we're going to look at today, and it talks to a lot of different people. And I want you to notice a couple of things in it, but before we get there, I want to read it, and you'll probably notice it before I point it out. Let's read the whole thing. Ephesians 5, we'll go start in verse, start in verse 22, and then we'll um, come back around and start and come back to 21 eventually. But we'll go all the way down to six, chapter 6, verse 9. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should, should, should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands, uh, in this way, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever, ever hated his own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents and the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. If you've ever misquoted a verse, don't feel bad. Paul does it seemingly all the time. He gets two verses and pushes them together there on that one. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with... So this is a... a I mean, we don't have time to get into it here, but they lived in a culture where, where if you went up to somebody and said, um, and said, you need to get rid of slaves, it would be like coming up to one of us and saying, you need to get rid of electricity. It's just how their world functioned. It wasn't an ethnic slavery. It was like more of a debt slavery. Like if you had a debt, you typically were enslaved until you paid that off. Or um, uh, it worked differently than we know how um, um, horribly and awful slavery was in this country. It was still awful back then, but anyway, here he goes. Slave, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their, when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve hold, wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, wherever they are, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them. Since you know that he who is a master, uh, who is both their master and yours, is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. You see how I did that? Wives. Husbands. 
children, parents, slaves, masters. Uh, there's a, other languages have a, you know, we just say, hey, Billy. You know, we just have, like, we just yell at people. We don't have endings for our nouns in English. But in other languages, they have endings for the nouns. And they have, they have this one particular uh, type of ending that, that allows them to just to, to get somebody's attention. I was telling Rachel about this today, uh, the other day because sometimes I talk through things with Rachel and she uh, listens. And there's, especially if it's like, I was like, oh, so there's this like Greek thing that's happening. And, I'm, and she's like, yeah, uh-huh. And I'll say, and, it, and I said, and I told her, I was like, it's evocative and it doesn't mean anything. It only doesn't put it in, a, it doesn't put it in any place in the sentence except to just go, Rachel, and she went, ah! <laughs> I was like, yes, exactly. All right, that's evocative. It's when you're just trying to get somebody's attention. You're wanting to state their name, but their name doesn't even involve, isn't involved in the sentence. It's just getting their attention and saying, hey, you, here's what I have to say. And each one of these is him just stopping and starting again with a new group. And you know, but what's crazy, in our culture, you know who uses the wives submit to your husbands more than anyone else? Husbands. You know who uses husbands love your wives more than anyone else? Wives. But those weren't written to you. Your name's not at the front of them. And if you want to be a better Christian this year, focus on one thing. You. What does Scripture have to say to you? What is Jesus? How does Jesus affect you? How can Jesus change you? It's going to be hard. It's going to be harder than you think. Because you're... I saw a billboard the other day that said even text, even even texters and drivers hate texters and drivers. I mean, how many times have you been like, "Oh, that guy almost killed me"? <laughs> that is, but that's how we function. Like we have good intentions, and other people have bad actions. Now, our actions may equal other people's actions, but our intentions are good, and their actions are bad, and I am focusing on others. And it's going to be harder because you, that thing you're looking at while you're driving is, te- is telling you about the craziest of people. The craziest of people show up in the news. That's my New Year's resolution, is to not end up in the news. Doing pretty good. The, th- that's going to show you the worst of things because bad events get clicks and eyeballs and, and viewers. It gets return viewers. Ever been watching a football game and the nightly news comes on? It's funny because we're here and we're like in the south here with Shreveport stations. Those of you who have been honest and not lied on your direct TV form. <laughs> so, we, 
we get Shreveport Station, so every once in a while you'll be watching a football game, and it'll come on. Later tonight, we have the nightly news. We're going to show you some dogs that some, do some kill trick, cool tricks, and there were 17 murders today. And, the, and then it's all, oftentimes it's like a cliffhanger, like, are sandwiches killing your kids? So find out tonight at 5.30. I'm like, I, I'm, they're about to eat one right now. Can you not tell me now? So all of that's catching your attention, and it feels so good to look at the world around you and go, oh, man, they're bad. Husbands, wives, parents, children, we'll say workers and employers. But he said slaves, masters. It's like he's turning from one group to the other. And you think Paul would have tolerated one group then going, yeah! That's what's tough about, like, marriage. Is you're so aware of what the other person's supposed to be doing. Right? And it's mutual. Paul begins this whole section, ties this whole thing together. The one thing he says to everyone that's going to apply to everyone. He uses different language for, for, for wives and husbands and, and children and parents and slaves and masters. But the one unifying comment is in Ephesians 5. Submit to one another or subject yourself to one another out of reverence or fear of Christ. This is what Christianity looks like. And it can't be measured. It, can't, it cannot be measured how good you are at deciding that, you know what, I've got to lose. I've got to give up. I've, I've got to just give up myself because that's what Jesus did. Out of my fear of Christ, I submit. I subject. Now, one of the hardest parts about this is I know most of you, and y'all are right all the time, I'm just kidding, but it's a human, it's a human reaction, right? You just know you're right. The way I was going to do it was the way that it needed to be done. And if you didn't do it that way, then that, you're nuts. I wish you would have just done this or that. But this year, decide to submit. To one another. Because that's what Christ did. We are more, oftentimes more concerned about getting arguments about Christ right. Than we are about looking like Christ. We're more concerned about knowing our Bible better. Than we are about 
looking like the one to whom the Bible points. And when you submit, you can't, you're not going to win a ton of arguments. How can I say I'm sorry? How can I apologize? How can I, how can I stand with the people who aren't being stood with? I can, I can take care of those who are hurting. This, I, how do we do that? Because it, it doesn't end with us standing on a podium with a gold medal around our neck. It often ends with a cross and people taunting us. It ends with us being inconvenienced. And so we submit ourselves to one another and just see what God does with a group of people who are more concerned about what Jesus did and how that should affect them than how they can get their way in a church or in a home or at your workplace. Someday, Jesus will return. And every knee will bow. Can you imagine the guy when Jesus comes and blows a trumpet? It's a mouth trumpet. It's just a pretend trumpet. It's not a real trumpet. It's an acapella trumpet. And you're like, oh, it's good. The guy, when Jesus returns and, and all heaven's breaking loose on earth, going, I knew I was right. There are things I disagree with about, like, there are people who write books, and I read them, and I'm like, I don't think that's right about, and they're talking about when Jesus comes back, this is going to happen, and people are going to vanish, and then there's, and I'm like, I don't, that's not what the Bible talks about. But if God comes back and there's a rapture, which I don't, I mean, that's, that's, I don't find that in my Bible. But if God comes back and people like just disappear and that's what happens, I'm not going to just meander into the throne room of God and be like, you weren't very clear about this. Every knee will bow and tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, that we won't even, we won't even get a shot to say, well, here's the ways. I had it all together. Thank you for making me a good person and giving me a good parents, and I was raised the right way. Knees will bow. Tongues will confess that Jesus is Lord. You will submit one day. You will. Don't, don't make it that day. Make it this day. Out of fear of Christ. Knowing, and that's just like, when, he, when we say fear of Christ, we just know what Christ is capable of and Christ submits. Submit today. 
whether it's to your family where you say, you know what, I, I need to submit in this way. Now, if you walk out of here and you say, you need to submit in this way, you have missed the point, and your spouse has every right to say, get behind me, Satan. But in what ways, like where's that label hit you? In what ways are you submitting this year? What ways are you going to apologize whenever it's just terrifying to say you're sorry? Are you going to seek forgiveness? This is your year to submit. And we're going to focus on that. We're going to focus on worship and knowing this year that there's nothing greater than the name of Jesus. There's nothing greater. Thank you. God bless you. There's nothing greater than the name of Jesus, and there's nothing greater than what God has called us to, and our own protection of our own current existence is going to ruin us. And the only way we can be the Christians and the people God has called us to be is if we give ourselves up to God. Give it up today. Submit today. Husbands, wives, children, parents, slaves, masters, give it up today. Submit today in the name of Jesus, out of reverence for Christ. Please come forward while we stand and while we sing.